Welcome to the Consumed Church Weekly Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message, The Gift of Perspective by Paula Guzman. For any further information about this message or the ministries of Consumed Church, you can check us out at theconsumedchurch.com. <laughs> they keep inviting you back, so <laughs> so I have sermon notes are ten pages long, but lucky for you, I channeled my junior high self and I used twenty point font with two inch margins. So, <laughs> okay, just kind of <laughs> so just kind of wanted to review. Like I've been kind of having these themes. So this is only my third time uh, coming to you guys, and I've been kind of coming in with a, a, a theme of gifts. From the Lord, and so, like the first time I preached, I said I preached on the gift of saying yes to Jesus, and just what an honor and privilege and journey it is when we get to say yes to Him. And so, um, the second one was the gift of becoming an overcomer from Revelations twelve eleven, of just how we overcome the things and the obstacles of our lives by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of, word of our testimony, and not loving our lives to uh, unto death. And so today I want to talk about the gift of a new perspective. So, yes. <laughs> so we're going to do a gift, the gift of a new perspective. And so um, today, so I, I always like to um, show you guys where we're headed. So if you want to know, I'll show that next slide. So tonight, today, what we're going to be doing is, why do we need a new perspective? <laughs> How do we get a perspective? And then what do we do with it? Okay, so I may go fast on some things and speed up on others, but these are the three questions I want you guys to leave knowing the answers to. Okay? (laughs) All right. (laughs) So the way this came up was um, actually about several months ago, my family and I, we were just having a discussion around the dinner table, and we always do this. And Nisi, I'm sorry, I love you. So this is a little story. So when I was nine years old, I would tell this. So I would tell this story. I was nine years old, and my sister and I got in a fight, and she stabbed me with a skewer in the neck, and I pulled it out, and I was upset, and it caused all this offense towards me, towards her, and our relationship prior to me knowing Jesus, prior to 18, it was a little hostile because we were always had some kind of aggression towards her, mainly one of those because of one of that, that memory that was seared into my mind. And I was so determined that that was what she did. And it was malicious. And I had that against her. So we were sitting at the table and I was recounting that story of like, oh, look, we're like really good friends now. And I love you. And like, this is where we grew up. And then we, I recounted the story and she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I didn't stab you. with skewer. I was like, yes, you did. And she was like, no. Our cousin pushed you into me while I was holding it, and you fell into it. For 30 plus years, I had been convinced that this was the story. And I was, it just blew me away to think how many times in our lives 
have we done this? That we were convinced that we knew the story and we were sharing it till we turned blue in the face and it was wrong. <laughs> or it was the incomplete picture. So for 30 plus years, I let this perspective of my sister alter the way I viewed her, the way I treated her. Let's define what perspective is, because I was all I want us to get onto the same page. So let's I always love to go to definition so we can all be on the same page. Perspective is defined by Miriam Webster's as the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. I lacked the capacity to see the story of my sister and that lamb skewer. I put the wrong importance on that story. I lacked the capacity to view the event in its true relation and let a lie about my sister sit in my mind and heart for decades. How often do we let this happen? How do we let our perspectives define us and our surroundings? Do we understand that we are limited by our own filters, male, female, socioeconomic status, emotional state of the day? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm really happy, some things look differently when I'm not in the <laughs> What voices do we give our time to? We have some, what my sister calls negative, uh, negative Nelson, or, you know, positive Patty. Do we give our, our time and our effort to social media, the news? What are these things that are adding to filters? So, why do we need a new perspective? Who here is weary of doing good and not seeing breakthrough? You don't have to raise your hands, but just... Who feels stuck in their current situation? Who can't get that breakthrough that you've been needing for a long time? And who's been praying for so long for something that you've just kind of given up? If that's you, I want to invite you to engage with me, okay? Proverbs 29:18 says, Where there is no prophetic, prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And prophetic vision... Uh, this, again, we're going to go into some Hebrew words, not because I want to show you that I'm smart, but I want to show you the depth of what the meaning of it is. It really is divine revelation. So what, if we do not have divine revelation, each of us individually, as a family, as community, we will fade away and just let go of things and lose perspective. Right. So that's you. I want you to keep whatever, whatever I ask when I ask those questions, and if there was an event, if there was a person, I want to keep that in mind for you. I want you to keep that in mind as I continue to go through all of this. So we as believers, once we enter a relationship with Christ, we come in to a whole new way of gaining a new perspective. So Colossians 3, 1 through 3 
If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. So raised with Christ is sengerio, and it means to raise together, to raise up from mortal death to a new and blessed life dedicated to God. So each of us, if we have said yes to Jesus, we have been raised from death. And then the next one is seek the things that are above. Seek is the tail. It says seek in order to find, seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, and inquiring. It's a seeking that you will not stop until it is found. It is a hunger within us that will drive us to do whatever it takes to find the thing that we are seeking. So my question to you is how hungry are you? There are a lot of us that are okay with the status quo. Hey, I have my job. I got married. Having the kids. No condemnation of any of that, right? But there's more. There's more with Christ. There's more than just coming in on a Sunday. There's more than just coming in on a Wednesday. There's more. How hungry are you? How hungry are you to seek the thing out that you want to see breakthrough in, the thing that you are acquiring, the one the thing that you want to see happen? So look above. So seeking, so we're seeking above. We're looking above, upwards, high. We're not looking here. We're not looking at the media. We're not looking at our government. We're not looking at the people. We're looking up. And we're setting our minds on the things above at the right hand of God who is seated. He is dwelling. He is dwelling. We are looking to where he is dwelling. Remember, we have died. We are hungering to seek and finding him and above. What? Oh, okay. And then it says, set your affections for now to exercise the mind, to interest oneself, to direct one's mind to a thing to seek and to strive for. So it's we're going to set our affection, we're going to set our mind, we're going to set everything above to Christ where he's seated. This is where we're going to dwell and spend most of our time concentrating on the things that he has called us to do. Because we have died. Each of us here, if you have said yes to Jesus, you have died. And the good news about this death is that you are hidden in Christ. You are hidden in Christ. I just want you guys to sit with that. We're setting our minds today on the things that are above. We're setting our mind on Christ who is seated. We are seeking until we find the answer. So how do we gain this new perspective? And there's two ways. 
The first way is through God, obviously. <laughs> and I want to take us to the story of Abraham in Genesis 22. You know, we, everybody knows he had contended and followed Christ, you know, followed God to wherever he led him. And then he finally, he promised them a son and they thought he had him in Ishmael, but he said, no, still believe yet. And finally he had Isaac. And then he asked him to sacrifice him. And then we know the story. They go up into the mountain. And then right as he's about to sacrifice him, an angel comes and says, stop. But it took him. So then Abraham, so then we'll look at. uh, So Abraham lifted his eyes and looked at the angel. But there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now, for the longest time, I've always thought that the name Jireh was to provide. And I always thought, yes, provide, provide, provide. When I was starting to do a Hebrew study on it, the word actually means to see. It literally means to see. So Jireh literally means to see, to look intently at, to look at each other, to inspect, to perceive, learn about, observe. So walk with me through this for a little moment. We have the creator of the universe coming in at this man's time where he's about to sacrifice something and he calls him forth. And he's seeing him intently. He's looking intently at Abraham. He's looking. He's inspecting. He's perceiving. He's learning about Abraham. He's observing Abraham. And all he wants is is for Abraham to look at him. And when he looks at him, the provision comes through the provision of a ram. We have to look up because he's already looking at us. He is already studying us, observing us, wanting us to talk to him, wanting us to engage with him. And he's waiting for each of us to look up to him so that the provision can come. So I'll tell you the story how I kind of learned this. So last week I gave the illustration about what the word wait means in the, um, I would have lost heart had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait, be strong in the Lord, be of good courage, wait. And wait, that word is kava, which is to bind together. So I'm going to make the illustration again. And it's an act, waiting is not passive, it's active. So what you're doing with kava is that you're binding yourself back up with the truth under the authority of the cross. And you're contending and you're pushing and you're pulling until you get the promise. So I want to tell you the story of when I started these investment clubs. For five years, five years ago, I'm sorry, no, seven years ago, I entered the world of investing. And if you know anything about the investing world, there are people there that do not look like me. So when I go into these groups or um, meetings, 
I don't get invited to the cigar smoking or the whiskey tastings or the golf tournaments where the real deals are. But I have a clear calling of investing and starting businesses and all of this stuff. But all of these places are not inviting me into their circles. So here I am, God, you've called me as an investor. I'm showing up, but I'm being ignored. What's going on? I don't understand. I don't get an answer, but I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to read some books on investing. I'm going to learn, you know, how to invest in small businesses and this industry and this industry. I go back to another meeting. I get excluded again. Lord, what's going on? I already told you, this is my call. I know this is my calling. I know this is what you sent me to do. But it hurts not to be included. And I can't understand why these doors aren't opening when you clearly have called me this. And you clearly have given me resources. So what's going on? Nothing. Okay, well, I'll read more on investing. <laughs> I'll read, hey, maybe it's my personality. This personality did not come overnight. So it didn't work. So I learned about my personality, and I learned how to do this. And I'm pulling and tugging. And I'm like, okay, come on, God. I got excluded again. What's going on? His answer. Build your own table. Did I need that new perspective? How did I get it? Wrestling and looking up, looking up, looking up, looking up and doing, looking up and doing. Not passively waiting, hoping one day it'll happen. Actively reading, actively networking, actively working on myself. And in the process of all of this, he shows up with the answer. Build your own table. So I want you guys now to take a moment to close your eyes. Ask him what it takes, what it looks like for him to see you. Take note of where you are. What are you feeling? What are you sensing? He sees every curve of your face. He sees every desire of your heart. He sees the deepest recesses of your inner man. And he is not threatened by what he sees. So right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to every person in this room of the provision that they need for the situation that they are asking breakthrough, that they are asking for and believing for, for the healing that you're believing for, for the financial breakthrough that you're healing for, for the children, the prodigal children. I speak new strategies being released right now, fresh vision, revelation that the Father sees and knows. And I rebuke the lie that you're alone in this. And nothing is too small for him. We often think we need to contend for big things, but actually in the little, we practice for the big. So if it's that new job you want, if it's a direction in life that you want, if it's even a house that you want, it matters to him. 
when we look up to the creator who has memorized everything about us and we acknowledge that he sees us and we see him, the provision is given. If at any time you want to come just to the altar and deal with the Lord with us, please feel free to come. I'm almost done with my sermon, so it work. <laughs> but I want to honor this time. Too often, we want to skip over on things for the sake of program. And he wants to take as much time as he wants with you. The second way that we can receive new perspective is through the body of Christ. So I'm going to show off the stellar personality that I had back in the day. Um, I was invited to go to Indonesia 20 years ago. I was 21, and I was going to bring the entire gospel to Indonesia. I was going to save Indonesia single-handedly. Because <laughs> I was saved about two years at the time, and I knew everything. And so it was a miraculous journey for me to even raise up the money to get to Indonesia. And I was telling the story that I was like, I was a college student, and the only job I could get was a janitor at my own church. And I was like, I didn't care. There was no GoFundMe back then. I had to work really hard and throw my dignity out the window to clean toilets with fellow friends of mine. So, <laughs> and he honored that, and I was able to go to Indonesia. But I still had this stellar personality. And our first night on the crusade, we go, and I'm at the altar ready, like, please come, because I have all the answers. And this lady comes in. And so what you need to understand about Indonesia is it's a Muslim nation. And in these particular island that we were at was a Christian island. And there was a neighboring Christian island that about a month prior to us getting here, there was a militant group that massacred an entire village of families. So that's what kind of we were stepping into, but we were in a different island, so they deemed it safe, and we're like, okay. So, so this lady's coming to me through the interpreter, and I'm ready to save her because, you know, I know it all. And I was like, what is, what can I pray for you? What can I, you know, I'm ready to pray for you. Very humbly, very quietly, she whispers to the interpreter. The interpreter kind of nods her head, looks at me, nods her head. And she's like, well, um, she wants prayer that she could be counted worthy to die like her cousin did a month before. I didn't read that gospel. That's a different gospel than I was given. So often, we're so enclosed in our own thoughts, in our own culture, in our own head. And we miss the greater picture and beauty of the gospel through the body of Christ, especially internationally. But we have that gift in diversity here today. We need others' perspectives in our lives. We will not grow, we will not succeed, we will not expand, we will not be able to do anything without each other. 
And God, in his beautiful wisdom, created the church for this. And I know it's so easy to crap on the church. And it's, it takes no courage to say anything bad about it. But to come behind the faith in the way the, the Lord has built the church, even though I, I see what you see, <laughs> he calls her beautiful. He calls her desirable. He calls her rich. She, he calls her the answer to his mysteries. So 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. We're talking about the manifestations of the gifts. <clears throat> now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through a spirit of a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that of one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all of these work for the one, work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. What happens when we are blinded by our own perspectives and we invite the body to come into this place? That place of unbelief has been extinguished by a friend who used their faith on your behalf. That place of weariness has been and will be extinguished by the friend who shared their strength with you. That gift of faith that you need for that healing, your friend will come beside you and speak words of life when you don't have another prayer to share. Noah, can you get to the next slide? So right here in this room are the following. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. In this room is what this is where we can find it. No offense to other pastors or the big ones on social media, but here, right here in the local body, we have access to each of these things to help us go to do the path that we are called to do. There's no lone rangers here. We are connected to each other. We serve one another. We love one another. We rally around each other and we speak life and faith and all these other good things. I want my friends to have all of this. <laughs> I need them to have all of this. <laughs> it does take a village to control me, so, you know. <laughs> We need our body. We need our body. And it's not far away. It's not some book. It's not some podcast. It's the people you have relationship with. I rarely listen to other people because they don't know me. My friend Kathleen right here, she prays with me weekly with my businesses. She knows me. She knows me. 
and she speaks in with wisdom and knowledge and be able to, she's able to tell me, hey, maybe not here, maybe not there. Hey, let's go this direction here. I trust her because she loves me and I love her. And I have to humble myself because I don't have all the answers. But I will glean the wisdom off of that woman. <laughs> and I'm wiser for it. So when we come into this body, know that each of you have one of these gifts. Or some of you may have more. Some of you may be ambitious and want all of them like me. You know? <laughs> I don't have them all. I just want them all. <laughs> but each of you... I lose out if you're quiet. If we're all part of Consumed Church and you do not share your perspective or your view when I ask it, I lose out. It is my loss. It is our loss when we keep silent and we disengage and we pretend, oh, we're going to be aloof. We're going to be the cool, aloof people here. (laughs) You're just wasting your time. But I need you. And I need your voice. I need your opinions. And we need to remind ourselves who we are. You know, I was listening. The one person I do listen to is, was a preacher that was talking about how, you know, some of, some of us have a bad, such a bad report of us that the enemy actually has a better report on us than ourselves. Isn't that something? <laughs> Some of us have such a bad report that the enemy has a better report of us. Within the body of Christ, we can speak life and who we are and remind each other who we're called to be. That's the power of a new perspective through the body. So what do we do with this new perspective? We go to God, we wrestle with him, we get the, you know, we'll get an answer eventually, but we get it, we get transformed in the waiting. We find it through our body of believers. But what do we do, what do, we do with this? Because, you know, we're like, everybody's like, yes, you're going to, you know, like weight loss, you know, yes, you're going to lose the weight, you're going to do all this stuff, and yay, everyone celebrates the victory, and then nobody talks about the maintenance. <laughs> nobody talks about, oh yeah, you're going to have to do actually more work now. Than you did just receiving it. Same thing with your new perspective. What are you going to do with it? I had no idea what I was doing when I started those investment clubs. And actually, still to this day, to be honest, they're kind of clunky. I had to shut one of them down. (laughs) I started with three. I shut one down. And I'm still, you know. But man, when, when you take action with that new perspective, it's the, it's the two loaves. Those five fish, I forget how many. It's those five fish multiplied out. Because when I had that vision for the investment club, I actually thought I was going to only do, like, I thought maybe five of my girlfriends were going to join me. I had to shut it down at 28, and there were still four more that wanted to come in. I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. But he took that little action of obedience with a new perspective and multiplied it out. So some of you do have that perspective, but you have not taken action with that new perspective. And the Lord is saying, let me give me that small action and I will multiply it. I will put fire. I will put power behind it. But I need you to take the action. 
Is it writing the book? Is it writing the letter? Is it making a phone call? He will bless and multiply that out time and time again. No action, no offering is too small for a God that can multiply. So Philippians 1, 9 through 10 says, It's my prayer that my, your love may abound more and more with more knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. We get to weigh and determine now with this new perspective, I get to see now what works and what doesn't. So with this investment club, I have the calling of an investor. I have the calling of releasing people into financial freedom. I have the calling to create these groups. Some people weren't hungry enough for it. And I had to weigh it and shut one of them down. And that's okay. But I get, have a new perspective. I see, if I see movement, I'm going to go. But if I don't see movement, I can stop and be released and make a better decision to allocate my time somewhere else. When we have our perspective, we're going to see things in a new way. We're going to see, we're going to move where we see movement. And if we don't, we're either going to be called to contend for it, or he's going to say, hey, I'm not there. You are able to approve. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So I will be steady and stable no matter what obstacle comes my way because I've been able to be empowered to approve and not approve what is of the Lord. And I have, I'm standing on a steadiness and I will not be shaken. I may be crushed, but, I'm not. <laughs> but I will not be shaken off. <laughs> the whole purpose of this new perspective for me is Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is why we need this new perspective. This is why it's important that we seek the Lord and people for the perspective. This is why we go and we run the race together. Because each of us have a calling, each of us have a purpose. When I started these investment clubs, I just thought I was just going to help a couple of women. But he breathed fire into it. And now their kids, nine, ten-year-old kids, are investment apps, investing their own allowance money. There's generations that are being impacted by this decision of mine contending for this cross. I can't take credit for it because I didn't even see the foresight of it. But this is what I can see. I'm like, oh, this is something bigger than myself. I can't take credit for it. Because I thought I was just going to work with five women. I didn't know the impact I was going to take on these little kids. Some of your decisions, you only see partial and that's okay. But you will see more and more the more you take action. Each of us have a calling. Each of us have things that we're contending for. Each of us have things that God has deposited in us to birth through us. And he's a good provider. He has put you with people that love you. And if you don't have anyone that loves you, go find them. <laughs> 
You have to fight and work on relationships, you guys. <laughs> you're going to have to learn not to be offended. You're going to have to learn to persevere. You're going to have to learn to ask, you know, ask forgiveness. <laughs> These relationships aren't easy. But they're worth it. And each of us have a calling. Each of us have a dream. We were created for something way more than he's just here on this earth. So I want to invite you guys today with the question, do you want that? Do you need a new perspective? Do you want one? You can leave here not wanting one. Bless you, you're fine. And you'll continue living the same life that you want, you're doing. No condemnation, truly. But today, there's an opportunity to say, I want something new. I'm tired. I don't want the status quo. I didn't sign up to just come to a church on Sundays and Wednesdays and then pat myself on the back. There are people that are hurting out there that I'm called to be a light to. There's an assignment for me to engage with this world. And I need your help. I need his help. I need your help. Each of us need that. Do you want that? So we can run the race. We are running a race. We have a great, I love the whole great cloud of witnesses because they're up high and they're here too. Because even when I was starting this investment club, I had friends rallying around me. Yes, sign me up. Yes, do it. Okay. It seems crazy because I didn't study finance. I studied history. And I didn't have a heart to invest anyway. I thought I was going to be overseas. <laughs> and now I'm investing in companies. I'm investing in business deals. I have no idea how I got here. <laughs> but he's awakened a calling and a level of a redemption to bring on this earth through that mechanism. And I just say yes to that. And you guys can say yes to your calling because I need your calling. I need your calling because it'll bless me. So if we can have our altar team. And if you really just, yeah, just come forward. You can even just sit in front of, kneel in front of the altar. We have people here that can partner with you help walk you through breakthrough, release wisdom, release healing. We're here for each other. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us, in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumedchurch.com slash give.